spring has finally come in Wyoming. Well, kind of. Hey, it's way, 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 way better than it was a week ago. So now, like, I think we've recorded, like, six episodes and I haven't complained one time about the weather. I'm so proud of you. I know. I can drive out to my land and not get stuck. That's cool. All my, the snow's melted. My house isn't flooding anymore. Right. I'm, my The babies are all doing great. The goats are, little baby goats are growing. The mm-hmm. cow is growing. Everything. I love springtime on our farm. Yeah. I do. I love it. All the fun smells. I yeah, but it smells. <laughs> it well, smells we like had, wet animal. It smells like mold, actually. It just smells like wet, soggy straw. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love springtime. It's awesome. I know. I know. What'd you bring me today? Did you bring me a fun one? No. Oh, well, we've, we've done a few We'll come back ones. to the dark ages. The dark ages or yeah. the dark side? Dark side, ages, whatever you want to go with. Really? Was it a long time ago? No. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not the dark ages. <laughs> I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pronounce some of these names wrong. Well, that's, I mean, that's what we do. We're really good at that. Names and towns are really hard. They're really hard. There's some hard. really weird names, and there's some really, like, how do you name this town? Right. Well, today we're going to be talking about Brittany Drexel. Oh, okay. So she was born in Rochester, New York, on October 7th, 1991, to John, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Cayugua Lu. Oh, it totally sounded fine to me. I don't think that's right. <laughs> and her mother, Dawn. So they both were teens when they had um, Brittany, and so they didn't get married. But shortly after Brittany was born, Dawn married Chad Drixel, who adopted um, Brittany at that time. Okay. After Chad, um, so Chad was in the military, and after that ended, they lived in a suburb of Rochester. So Brittany was born with a persistent hyperplastic primary Fergus in her right eye, which required several surgeries and rendered her um, one of her eyes blind. Oh. So to cover this, she had in that eye had a tendency to kind of wander. So to resolve this, she wore contact lenses that gave her a very distinct appearance. I showed you a picture of her earlier. They're very blue. Yeah. So very distinctive eyes. Yeah. In April of 2009, Brittany asked her mother if she could go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for spring break with her boyfriend and some of her friends. Her mother refused since she did not know the other teenagers and there was no accompanying adults for the trip. She also said that she had a premonition that something bad would happen if Brittany went. How old was she? I mean, not uh, that it so matters. 91 to 2009. What is that? Okay. Math is hard. I don't know. It doesn't. She's old enough. Old. <laughs> <laughs> so her mom says no. So this leads to an argument between the mother and daughter for the next several days until April 22nd. When Brittany asked if she could go to a friend's house for a day or two to calm down, um, which her mother agreed to. She was like, yeah, we've been fighting. Go to your friend's house. It's fine. Oh. Well. That would not have been my response. <laughs> that day, Brittany left for South Carolina. Yeah. And some other students without telling her mother. Yep. She was like, peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah. Come on. That wasn't predictable, Mom? Uh, apparently not. So three days later, after she and her group had arrived at the um, Bar Harbor Mot- or Hotel. How many days later? Three days. Drex- uh, Brittany would call her mother 
um, during the day, during that day and tell her that she was at the beach. Her mother was not alarmed by this because she assumed that Brittany had been referring to the breach beach along Lake Ontario. Um, and that was a plausible for her since the temperature in Rochester area was a nice 83 degrees. She was like, okay, so the girls just went to the lake. They're at the beach. Oh, nope. She was in South Carolina. She was not at, in Rochester. That is not where she was. So that night around 8 p.m., Brittany left her friends at the Bar Harbor Hotel beachfront to walk 1.5 miles down to the South Ocean Boulevard to visit a longtime friend who was staying at the Blue Water Resort. Security cameras at the resort showed her arriving, and Brittany was carrying a beige purse and wearing a black and white um, tank top, flip-flops, and shorts. The camera captured her leaving about 8.45 p.m. During this time, Brittany was texting her boyfriend, John I say his name wrong. Garico? Sounded right. Who was staying at the <laughs> stay who stayed in the Rochester area because of work commitments. They had been texting back and forth, but around 9.15 her text suddenly just stopped. John began calling her friends in Myrtle Beach to make sure she made it back to the hotel. They said that they didn't know where she was. Uh-oh. So after efforts failed to try and find her, John called Brittany's mother Dawn who had not known that her daughter was in Myrtle Beach until she was contacted by the boyfriend. Dawn called um, her father, her biological, called her father, Chad, and then called Rochester police, hoping that they could establish communications with the South Carolina Police Department. So repeated calls and texts to Brittany's phone went unanswered after this. Myrtle Beach police began looking for Brittany the following morning. They located the security camera footage of the Blue Water um, Resort and found the friends whom she had been visiting. And the last person who had reported seeing Brittany before she left was identified as Peter Browsewitz, a 20-year-old nightclub promoter whom she had known from Rochester area and had been vacationing as well in Myrtle Beach. They had apparently met at a local nightclub um, the night before. And police interviewed Browsewitz and the men um, with him that had been sharing his hotel room. They said, quote, that no one had, um, the police said that no one was ruled out, adding that they did not have a person of interest. Oh, no. So police searched Brittany's room, um, her hotel room, finding all of her clothes that she had packed, but not her purse or her cell phone. The phone's network pings were tracked to a path leading about 50 to 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach in an area along U.S. Route 17 and near the Georgetown-Charleston County line. The pings had stopped abruptly early in the morning of April 26th, and areas near there and around Myrtle Beach where a body may have been disposed were searched for the next 11 days. In 2011, police searched the apartment of Georgetown County, an apartment in Georgetown County, but that effort did not yield any information to help identify a suspect. So we're talking 2009. They find nothing until they search his apartment in 2011. Like, she just vanished. Why are they searching an apartment two years later? They got some leads saying that maybe this guy had something to do with it. So, this gets kind of wild. So, Dawn and Browitz had several confrontation on the TV show Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, which, during this, Browitz often expressed frustration of the damage of his reputation for the police and Dawn being like, you know what happened to her. Because he was the last one to see her alive. Mm-hmm. And 
<clears throat> Dawn, who had driven to Myrtle Beach the day after her daughter's disappearance, eventually ended up relocating and permanently moving there so that she could be close to where Brittany was last seen. Uh, and to help monitor, like, progress of investigation and stuff. She felt like if she was in Myrtle Beach instead of in Rochester that... It would be easier. ...to get information. Mm -hmm. So, then we jump again from, you know, 2011 when they searched this apartment. Nothing comes of it. To 2014, where a news article on the case's fifth anniversary ex expressed a theory that Brittany had been... Um, promised something Dawn said maybe she was promised like a modeling job she was trying to get into modeling maybe like another promoter like lured her down to Myrtle Beach in my opinion I think she just wanted to go to Myrtle Beach with a friend yeah and something horrible happened mm -hmm. so Dawn believed that her daughter had been trafficked sex trafficked um but the Myrtle Pe Beach police did not believe that this was a strong possibility due to their claim of little to no trafficking taking place in their jurisdiction Oh, geez, that's a great reason to rule it out. But, my friend, in 2019, a report conducted by the South Carolina Human Trafficking Task Force rated Horry County as the number one trafficking area in South Carolina. Eek. So, not great. <clears throat> in June of 2016, the FBI held a news conference during which they stated that they believed that Brittany had been murdered shortly after that she disappeared. The FBI said they didn't believe that she was alive. She had been abducted from Myrtle Beach and taken somewhere in the vicinity. Oh, vicinity. Oh, thank you. I wanted to say vasectomy. You did really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong sex. Oh. She can't do that. <laughs> vicinity. Vicinity. Of Georgetown, near where the cell phone pings ended before being killed there. The Bureau um, then put up a $25,000 reward for any information leading to the resolution of the case. Two months after this, the Charleston Post and Courier reported new developments from a bond hearing for Timothy Deshaun Taylor, an inmate who was then serving time in state prison on an unrelated charge. FBI agent Garrick Muniz testified that earlier that year, Taquan Brown, another South Carolina inmate who had been there serving 25-year sentence for manslaughter, told them in 2009, shortly after Brittany had disappeared, he had gone to visit a... McLennan, it's another town, McLennanville, quote, stash house to get money to Taylor's father. As he walked through the house, Brown told Muniz he, that he saw Taylor sexually assaulting Brittany with others present. He continued to the backyard where he found Taylor's father, made his payment, and as they talked, Brittany ran out of the house and was soon recaptured. Brown said that he saw Taylor pistol whip Brittany, then take her back inside. He then heard two gunshots, which he assumed were the sounds of the young woman being killed. Brown claims that he then saw a body being removed from the house, then dumped into a mini alligator pond, one of the many alligator ponds in the area. So this is a jailhouse confession, he's saying. Another guy in here. Whose dad was there? This Desh Deshaun Taylor's guy, oh, who's also okay. in jail. So it's another inmate saying that another inmate. Okay. Did this. So Brown's statement to investigators, um, Munia says, was partially collaborated by information received from another informant who had was not identified but described as being incarcerated at the Georgetown County, Georgetown County Jail at the time that he talked to authorities. According to the second inmate, so the, another inmate talking to the feds, saying Taylor had picked up Brittany in Myrtle Beach and taken her to McClinnonville, 
where he showed her off to his friend and tried to sell her to them for trafficking purposes. Brown said that when the case drew he a heavy media attention, Taylor decided to kill Brittany to avoid arrest. The bond hearing had been, um, had been held for Taylor's arrest in a federal indictment for interfering with an interstate commerce by the threat of, by threat or violence and a charge steaming from his role as the getaway driver in a 2011 robbery of a McDonald's restaurant in Mount Pleasant. So because he was already being sentenced, they were trying to figure out a way to like, they didn't have enough info, enough evidence to like charge him with anything because like, we don't have a mm -hmm. body. We don't have anything. We yeah. have two jailhouse snitches. snitches. Yeah. So Taylor's lawyer told the new, called the new charge because they were just trying to hold him for something. He was about to get out. They were like, yeah. we've got to keep him in here while we get more information. And Taylor's lawyer said the new charge um, is a squeeze based on nothing more than a statement from two jailhouse informants. His mother called them crazy, or this called them crazies since she believed that her son um, and husband could never commit such a crime because his dad and him are in jail. Yeah. So Winston Holliday, the federal prosecutor at the hearing, admitted to the judge that the suspicions in the in Brittany's case were among the government's reasons to have brought a new charge to for the conduct of South Carolina. This gets interesting because gets interesting. Yeah, this gets kind of wild and you're going to have to just bear with me cuz this kind of bounces around a lot. So, in response there was a question though because he had already been on charges for like aggravated assault and things. So they're wondering if this amounted to a double double jeopardy law because he was in the process of a sentencing without any evidence to put a new trial on so they're trying to hold him until they can get evidence on her murder right so they're trying to extend his sentence kind of and keep him in jail which that falls under double, double jeopardy you can't extend somebody's sentence after they've already been sentenced correct so holiday cited a federal law that states that the federal government may bring charges for a crime if it believes the state prosecution led to an unfair outcome in this case, Holiday noted that the other two participants in the robbery had both been sentenced to prison with the gunman who had shot the restaurant's cashier twice, serving a 25-year-old 25-year minimum term. In June of 2017, as part of the plea bargain negotiations, Taylor took a polygraph test, and some of the answers in the polygraph test were labeled as deceptive by the FBI. How do we feel about lie detector tests? Yeah, not not reliable. Um, and that they believed that Taylor had more information. Um, and he said that he had met Brittany before. Taylor said, I have met Brittany before, but only because I overheard her on a conversation with somebody else while I was walking by. I didn't actually like ever interact with her. That's what he was saying. Oh, really? You remember somebody just because you walked by them? Apparently. Okay. But when Taylor was connected, uh, connected to the polygraph and asked whether he had seen Brittany after her disappearance... Or if he knew who was involved, the examiner determined he was not being truthful. Under the plea bargain, he would thus face um, at least 10 years in prison for his role in the 2011 robbery. What? They're pulling straws. They're just yeah. trying to keep him in jail to figure <coughs> out what's going on. So after reviewing the results um, with Taylor's lawyer, the examiner attempted to continue, but Taylor was too angry to do so. The government's memo recommended the minimum sentence. 
Before his sentencing hearing was scheduled, Taylor was found to have violated the terms of his bail and was held in Charleston County Jail. Convenient. Yeah. In August, presiding federal district judge David C. Norton ordered his bail reinstated on the condition that he, he remain on house arrest until the U.S. Supreme Court could decide on the Gable versus United States constitutional challenge of dual sovereignty documents. Which... What Everyone referred to this as a witch hunt. Yeah. So, in June of 2019, the Supreme Court decided in Gable, vers- in, Ga- in Gable versus United States in favor of the government, upholding dual sovereignty and allowing the federal government to proceed with its case against Taylor. Six months later, Norton was sentenced, Norton sentenced Taylor to, ser- to time served, 319 days after a guilty plea forced by his similar disposition in court. Here's the thing, though. He didn't do it. <laughs> so, Brown, after getting out of jail, says that he did. But he, like, we we now know, I'll give you guys a little spoiler alert here. He collaborates the jailhouse informant's tales about being sold into sex trafficking that killed to keep her out of harm you know to keep him out of jail blah 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 he says all of that but in early may of 2022 raymond moody a 62 year old registered sex offender in the area turned himself in on the bias of obstruction of justice charge, and police had first considered Moody as a person of interest in 2012, but nothing ever came of it. Thing is, he came in and told them exactly where she was buried. And her remains were found on May 11th. What? Human remains were located buried in the woods off of, off of a gated private drive outside of Georgetown, about four feet in the ground. They were identified as Brittany through DNA and dental records on May 15th. So he just walks into the sheriff's office one day and says, I need to, I need to confess a crime. Here's where her body is. Where everybody else was saying that it was on some, in Jacksboro... Florida, 80 miles south, da-da-da-da-da. That's not where she was found. She was found outside of Georgetown where her phone stopped pinging. So why Taylor and all of these guys would say that they knew anything when they didn't, I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of, like, psychological something to that. Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. So an arrest warrant um, alleged that Brittany had been strangled and then buried the morning of April 26th of 2009. And Georgetown County Sheriff's Office, oh my gosh, sorry, I can't pick up papers, along with Brittany's family made the information public on May 16th, along with the announcement of Moody's arrest. Moody was arrested charged with her murder, kidnapping, and first-degree sexual conduct, um, all alleged to have occurred the day that Brittany disappeared. On October 19th, Moody pled guilty to all of these charges and subsequently was sentenced to life in prison 
with an additional two consecutive life terms of 30 years. So what he said happened, according to this moody guy, is her, he saw her walking down the road. He rolled down the window and said, do you want to come party? Supposedly, Brittany was like, yeah, sure. And he drove out, found another teenage girl walking down the road, was like, you want to come party with us? She said, yeah, sure. They smoked marijuana. The other girl, the second girl he picked up, like, went to go on a beer run or something where he then told Brittany that he wanted to have sex with her. She was like, ew, you're like 50-something years old. I do not want to have sex with you. Where then he raped her and he was worried he was going to go back to jail because, like I said, he's a sex offender. And so he said he strangled and killed her. Is what he says happened. Huh. And then when the other girl showed back up, he was like, oh, she had to go back. She had to meet her some friends. She left. And who was that other girl? No record. It just says another teenage girl. It's his recount. That's what he told police when he went and turned himself in. So, a quote from um, her father, Chad. He said, I will never be able to walk Brittany down the aisle, and neither, um, neither will her blood father or Dawn. She'll never be able to see my granddaughter, her niece, who is amazing. This was all snatched away from us. This took forever for them to figure out. I mean, 2022. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're hyper-focused on a bunch of, of jailhouse snitches and not focused on following evidence. That's what happens when you don't do effective police work. So what do you think? Why do you think these three men were like? They came up with quite the elaborate story. Well, that's an interesting question, and I have an answer for this. Give it to me. Are you ready for I'm it? I'm ready for it. So there's there's a lot of reasons that they could have done that. One, and probably the most the most easiest to wrap our head around, I guess, is they were just playing a game with the cops. I I mean, really. I mean, what do they have to lose? Nobody else has solved the crime. Nobody else is whatever. They knew that they couldn't. And this and this really could be, and, and I'm just hypothesizing, I don't know, but, and the cops really fell into their plan too. I mean, they admitted to a crime that they couldn't commit. They changed laws. They violated their civil rights. They extended his prison sentence, his jail sentence on bullshit reasons, which, it, I mean, hello. I mean, they're, they're set up actually for a pretty nice lawsuit. Well, I was going to bring in that too. To be completely honest, I mean, they could they could fire back and, I mean, they could have done it as a con, to be honest with you. Admit to something that you didn't do and then, and then they can't prove it because they have zero evidence. You have an alibi somewhere else. Now the cops have done all of this bullshit to you, extended your sentence, gone all the way up to the Supreme Court, violated all of your civil rights, holding you. Now you've got a nice little lawsuit. Yeah, so there was one lawsuit. Good point in that. I was going to bring this up. The very oh. first guy that spoke, um, Toquan Brown, the very first guy. Yeah. Um, he ended up suing, um, suing because he said that the police released um, his statement in regards to her rape and murder. Mm-hmm. And that was still while he was in prison. So then he was labeled a snitch. Oh, and yeah? so he said, you put me in immediate danger of death or great bodily harm. He sued for $15,000. Did he win? I couldn't find anything on it. Isn't that funny how things just magically Well, if you can't found? find Well, if you can't find anything about it, it means it's settled out of court. That's what that means. Oh. <clears throat> and there's something put in there. 
So go back to the polygraph. And when I said that it isn't reliable, polygraphs are not reliable. Polygraphs are only, I mean, like between 80 and 90% reliable. Why? Because it goes off of facial expressions, blood pressure, and heart rate. Usually, if I ask, like if I was to ask you a question about something that you did that you knew was going to piss me off or make whatever, and you were trying to lie about it, and I confronted you with a point blank question about it, your body language is going to change. You're going to tense up. You're going to, even though the words that are coming out of your mouth is, no, I didn't do it. Your heart rate is going to be elevated. You're probably going to sweat a little bit. You're a lousy liar. So it's written <laughs> all over you. But people who, who are really good at manipulation and lying and they can believe their own lies and keep their heart rate down, keep their body in check, like actually focused, it's not a big deal to pass a lie detector test. It's not a big deal. Um, mostly people, other reasons could possibly be jail notoriety to increase your paper. Like it gives you street cred. Street cred's a big deal, right? I, I mean, I, I don't know why you would admit to such a horrendous thing, say that you did, except nobody was convicted for it. So, I mean, to me, it was almost like, it's almost like a great con. Yeah. And it's it's really to poke fun at cops, to send them on a wild goose chase. Look at the the resources that that they put into keeping him in, extending his sentence, violating changing laws, changing laws, violating his rights. Yeah. All of this stuff when they had nothing. If you have nothing, there is nothing. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. What is interesting to me and what my question is is who is this other girl? I know. Because as far as I'm concerned, assuming that the sex offender is telling the truth, they should be putting a lot of effort into locating and figuring out who this girl is for multiple reasons. Number one, she kept her mouth shut. And if she was with this girl, she knew exactly who she was when her face was plastered all over the news media, social media, everywhere, and people were looking for her. And she knew. Right. And she didn't say anything. Yeah. Her family, Brittany's family, is like, I didn't believe. And I'll post a picture of Moody, the guy that was convicted of this. Brittany's a very, very pretty girl. She's she was beautiful. down there with a bunch mm -hmm. of friends. There's a lot of people her age. Do I, th like I said, I don't know, but do I think the probability that this beautiful girl that's out there with a ton of other teenagers got in this car to go smoke marijuana? But then why was she by herself? She was out seeing a friend. She was walking back to her hotel when he snatched her up. According to him, she free will got into his car to come go party and smoke weed with him. Hmm. <clears throat> do I think that's the case? No. I think that he didn't want to outright be like... How did he How did he get cleared by the cops? I don't know. He was a suspect, but they said that there was nothing to pin on him in 2012. Then 10 years later in 2022, he walks into a police station and says... There was nothing says, to, to pin on him, so are we not asking the right questions? Are we not following up on what people are telling us that are a suspect? I mean... Yeah, I understand that police work is very, very difficult, but something put you on his on their radar in 2012. 
Like, they didn't, you weren't just a suspect because, like, you look funny. You know? Or because you're just a registered sex offender and so they're profiling. That's not why. There's a reason that they're and this there, was, right? He, and he lived 50 miles from Myrtle Beach. So it wasn't even like he, like, lived nearby or something. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, something fell through the trap. I mean, how many years is that? 2009 was... To what? To 2022. Oh. 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, 13 years. <clears throat> 13 years. And then he just... That's another thing that kind of gets me. He just walks into the police station himself and turns himself in. Yeah, why? What motivated that? Unless he... I don't know. We could we could speculate all day. Yeah, unless he saw that somebody else was trying to take credit for what he did. And he was like, wait, no, that was mine. No, I did that. Yeah. I don't know. Wild, though. Heartbreaking for, her, like, her family and for, I mean, her. But, I mean, I guess finally now somebody's convicted for, for it. And we at least, her as of last year, her family could put her to rest finally. But... There is a memorial for her that um, they put put out, um, and this is a plaque that says, In honor of Brittany Marie Drixel, missing April 25th, 2009. When the world says give up, hope, hope whispers try one more time. Hmm. So that was placed out in Myrtle Beach. Wow. <clears throat> and I figured out the math. She was 17 when she was the one missing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's been a long day. I was like, I'm not about math. <laughs> I'm horrible at math to begin with. I don't know. It's kind of, it's a weird case because A, it took a long time to solve. Lots of rabbit holes they went down. Lots of people that they pursued that were not, that they had no reason to. A lot of laws I mean, changed. they had reason to, but. A lot of law, like laws changed. A lot of storytelling. Right. I don't think that we'll ever actually know what happened. No. I mean, her cause of death did. She had broken bones in her neck. It looks like she was strangled. So that part of his story is true. I think that you probably do have the right guy since they found her body three days later. Yeah, I mean, he took him right to him. He, I mean, that's that's information that only the killer would know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he definitely, or or or, I mean, at least the person who buried her. Not necessarily the killer, but the person that buried her, for sure. Right. But do I think we'll ever know, like, the true story? No. No, I would be trying to find that girl. I mean, there had to have been, I mean, if she went... If she's even real, if she even really existed. But, I mean, they should... You know, all of that surveillance and that gathering of information should have been done 13 years ago. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not even gonna... Whatever. Maybe they didn't have the resources. Maybe they needed a boat dock. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, we are so hung up on the toy box cover. <laughs> we are so hung up I on that I feel like one. we mentioned it every other episode. I know. I know. Ugh. Well, thanks for bringing that. I, ugh, I hate I'm just those glad cases. we finally, like, 13 years is a long time to, like, not know where your daughter is. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, and my God. there is some sort of closure to being able to put her to rest. Sure. There is. And, and for having... You know, the person, absolutely. There's a little bit of peace in that. Not much, but a little bit. More than than before. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day.
Stay safe. Stay safe. Oh, that's my line. I know. You, you, can't you take... took too long. Yeah. <laughs>